All right, welcome into another episode of iForm Sports. Here are your hosts, Gavin Murray and Danny Rubin. Danny, how are you doing? I'm not having a bad day, actually. I am. I I am. So today's been a busy day. Episode four, this wasn't supposed to happen until next week. However, I called an emergency podcast episode today. He hit the big red imposter among us button. Emergency meeting, here we are. This one was important. There was lots of news today, starting with the 49ers and the Dolphins move, which leads into greater things. It was the 49ers traded with the Dolphins, and the 49ers got the third pick, gave up like two first-round picks and 12, and a third-rounder. Yeah, it was this year's first, which is 12, this year's third, and the first for the next two years, meaning the Dolphins had six firsts in the next three years. Then they proceeded to use that pick to trade up with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles traded back, and they got 12 and 123. And the the Miami Dolphins got six, 156, and the Eagles also got their first rounder next year. Dolphins 2022 first. Dolphins 2022 first. But that just leads into greater things, which is the name of this episode and the reason why I called this podcast. This is the Fire Howie Roseman, sincerely a diehard Eagles fan. I'm leading this one. This is kind of all I called the meeting, so I'm, I'm ready to get into it. I spent hours and hours researching all of the reasons why you can fire Howie Roseman. And the trade today from 6 to 12 is not just the last straw in many things. So I already went over the details of the trade. The Eagles only got one additional first-round pick to move back six spots. And moving back six spots might not seem like a lot, but the Eagles are going to miss out big time. They're missing out on potentially Pitts. They're missing out on Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, maybe Devonta Smith. Who knows? There's guys that they're missing out on now. And the Eagles were in a position for once in their life to put a quality number one receiver around whoever the quarterback was going to be. Now it's Jalen Hurts. But they they fucked that up. They, They already messed that up. Especially following the initial trade when the Dolphins had moved down to 12. That meant that one team that wanted a receiver ahead of them was gone. Meaning that they were more likely to get a pass catcher that they wanted at 6. But now, since they moved from 6 to 12, the four potential generational pass catchers in this draft, they're likely to miss out on all four. They're going to miss out on all four. Whether it's going to be fucking Falcons taking Kyle Pitts at 4, it's the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, the Lions, you fucking the name it. The New York Giants taking Jalen Waddle at 11, speaking it into existence. There's so many things that they're going to be missing out on, and it's all Howie Roseman's fault. Now, this, this isn't the only reason... I- I'm just angry. I've been angry all day today. Plug our Twitter. You can see the video of me throwing my Crocs at a table. But unless the person that we draft at 12 is better than sliced bread, Howie Roseman's gonna get crucified for missing out on this shit. These guys that are so good, it doesn't matter who they take at 12, because you have to judge Howie Roseman's... The number 12th pick that Howie makes has to be better than 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. If that 12th pick is not better than any one of those guys, Howie's crucified. And not only that, Howie could end up having made a smart move and winning the trade overall with the first that they're getting next year and potentially making a good selection there. 
But regardless, it's not going to be a good look for him just because they were in a position to fill their biggest need for such a long time, and he fucked it up. Now, there's a lot of other reasons why Howie Roseman should be fired that I'm going to get into, and it starts with his drafting. So even though maybe he's made a smart move and he moves back and the Eagles potentially have three first-round picks next season, depending on how Carson Wentz plays with the Colts, because that can become a first-rounder instead of a second-rounder. Regardless, Howie Roseman's draft history has been absolutely atrocious it's it's i don't have words to describe how bad his drafting ability has been over the past 10 years he's a fucking bozo thank you that's that's pretty good that's about as good as it's gonna get for me describing how howie roseman can draft since 2013 he's drafted one pro bowler and fun fact he traded that pro bowler this offseason Carson Wentz, the only one. The only one since 2013. Before that, he had Brandon Graham in 2010, who was a pro bowler this past season, Fletcher Cox in 2012, Jason Kelsey in 2011. But like in the past seven years, he's drafted one of them, and it's been Carson Wentz, and he ran him out of town. Howie Roseman ran Carson Wentz out of town. Hey, at least they're not paying 16% of their cap this year to that pro bowler, right? That's no longer on the team. They wouldn't do that, right? Howie's too smart? <sighs> I, I wish. I wish that they were that smart, but... 16% of their dead cap, their cap in general, is dead to Carson Wentz this next season. So he's getting paid all his money to be in another city playing quarterback. Just aggravates me. Speaking of how he's drafting, DK Metcalf and JJ Arcega Whiteside, DK Metcalf has 2,203 career yards and 17 touchdowns, and JJ Arcega Whiteside has 254 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown was a fumble recovery, right? I don't remember. No, it was. I remember the play. He recovered a fumble in the end zone. Positive of it. Then it's his only touchdown, and it wasn't even from him catching the ball. You're which a fake is Eagles fan. I'm a real so fan much worse. So much worse. I'm sorry. I don't watch JJ Arcega Whiteside because he makes me depressed. I because do. I, I know watched the his highlights. I'm a big fan, personally. Yeah, the highlight tape that's probably <laughs> one minute long and consists of him picking up a football and running it into the end zone. That's probably all he's got. As an honest Eagles fan, I do think that we should give JJ Arcega Whiteside more playing time. I think that he lines up very well against division rival James Bradbury on the Giants, and I would just love to see that matchup this season. I hate you. Fine. DK Metcalf isn't that good anyway. DK Metcalf is a lot better than JJ fucking Arcega Whiteside. He's undersized. Uh, continuing on how he's drafting history, uh, this past season, when the Eagles selected Jalen Rager at 21st overall, and then I watched Justin Jefferson go 22 to the Minnesota Vikings, J Justin Jefferson had 1,400 yards and 7 touchdowns and was in consideration for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jalen Rager had 356, uh, 396 yards, a touchdown, and could barely stay on the field because he wasn't healthy. He drafted Jalen Hurts at 50... If, if I may oh, interject, ahead, I feel like you're under selling how stupid the Justin Jefferson Jalen Rager decision was. The Vikings literally laughed at the Eagles for taking Rager over Jefferson. They literally laughed at them. And you said Jefferson was in consideration for Rookie of the Year? He wins it any other year. That Justin Herbert is emballing. Yes, probably any other year in NFL history with the exception of maybe Zeke's rookie year? I don't know. But he was phenomenal. He was really good. And they took... Jalen Rager instead of him because his daddy played for the Eagles. Like I'm not saying that his dad had a huge role in the tr like the pick, but they chose Jalen Rager and they didn't choose Justin Jefferson. And here we are missing out on another you know generational wide receiver. Then Jalen Hurts. Look, 
Jalen Hurts is the guy. He's the starting quarterback. But last year, picking him at 53 was not the right call. Not when Jeremy Chin's on the board. Not when you have a chance to help out the rest of your team and continue to build around Carson Wentz, who they had invested in long term. Why would you take in the second round a quarterback for a backup position, why would you ever draft, or a, a hybrid Taysom Hill role? Taysom Hill was like undrafted or seventh round guy. You don't do this in the second, you don't make experiments in the second round like this. It doesn't work out. And now we were in a position for last season, probably one of the most awkward quarterback rooms in NFL history. I would have paid money to sit in the corner of the room and watch Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts both be awkward as hell sitting in that room. Because, like, when Hertz replaced Wentz, I bet you Wentz was probably a sore loser about it, based off of all the things I've read about Carson Wentz. And I bet you Jalen was just trying to learn this whole time from Carson, not trying to, like, snipe his quarterback spot. But, like, Carson Wentz had such a, like, a bad mindset that he ended up playing himself out of a starting job. Here, you're getting a little heated. I'll interject. I'll... I'll just speak about another really awkward quarterback room for a second. Uh, at one point, the Atlanta Falcons had a quarterback room. Four guys in that room. Three quarterbacks, one offensive coordinator, or a quarterback coach, whatever. All four of them were named Matt. <laughs> Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, Matt Barkley, and Matt LaFleur. Those were the four guys in that room. Alright, now you're smiling and you're happy. Now get angry again, so talking about the Eagles. Um, over the past five years, the Eagles have been bottom f the, in the bottom 10% in total draft capital and total draft return. I sp like I said, I spent hours researching this. I found this on uh, Football Outsiders. They're one of the only team that was worse than them in total draft return over the past five years, the New York Jets. You scared me for a second, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I said New York and you got scared, but no, the Giants have done better than that. They yeah, sorry. I, it's bad. He's really bad at drafting players, and he still has a job. And it it frustrates me because there are so many better guys that you could have. What is the talent assessment situation in the Philadelphia Eagles organization like? I would like to know because clearly whatever they're doing, it's wrong, and they need to find a way to change it ASAP. Yeah, it's not even like they're just, like, picking names out of the hat because, like, you, you, you're, you get lucky sometimes when you're doing that. They're just wrong every fucking time. I remember when they drafted J.J. Orsega-Whiteside and over D.K. Metcalf, and the reasoning behind it was they liked the, the production that J.J. Orsega-Whiteside put up at Stanford during, like, at college during his time at Stanford, and they, like, really liked his red zone threat ability, but they just totally ignored, like, the intangibles of... DK Metcalf, his like his desire to be amazing, but is, his but his three cone drill. I don't want to hear a thing <laughs> about drills. So for a career, one day I would like to go into like scouting or talent assessment at the NFL level. And even I like understand the fact that going off of like one day, like a combine where a three cone drill maybe isn't amazing, isn't like the most important assessment of their talent. And it feels like it feels like the Eagles are doing the exact opposite. They're looking at like one day, maybe they're overvaluing the combine. Maybe they're overvaluing the overall statistics performed at college for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I don't know what J.J. Arcega-Whiteside college stats look like off the top of my head. And I don't know what DK's look like. But I know watching the tape of DK at 
Ole Miss and watching the tape of J.J. Arcega Whiteside at Stanford, DK Metcalf is a scarier dude than J.J. Arcega Whiteside. And that has to stand for something out of sheer intimidation, pure desire to be better, physical intangibles. Why? Where, what are the Eagles looking at? I would like to know. Not DK's abs, clearly. Cl- or his performance <laughs> level. Moving on for more reasons why I think Howie Roseman should be fired. He keeps playing over, like, declining older players. So since 2016, the Eagles have had some of the oldest rosters in football. Uh, In 2016, their average age was 26 and a half years old, which was 28th. 2017 was 26.5 years old, 26.4, excuse me, years old, and that was 26th. The youngest they have been in the past five years was 2018 at 25.7 which was 11th youngest roster 2019 they managed to get significantly older and were the 31st ranked like oldest team how how do you get that much older over one year i don't know how they went from 11th to 31st but i know how roseman managed to do it and this past year when they were emphasizing getting younger and like exclusively getting younger they only got 0.6 years younger and they were ranked 19th and that was from phillyvoice.com who went in depth about their average age um, age of player they continue to acquire sign extend aging players instead of getting younger in 2019 they signed deshaun jackson before before i speak about him it was it's the dolphins right now that don't have a single player over 30 right probably i wouldn't be I believe so i'm pretty sure their whole team is in their 20s which is fucking sick and we'll see how that treats them in the coming years no, say that guy's name one more time. Deshaun Jackson. I hope he fucking dies. Okay, then maybe that's a little far. Scratch that. Scratch that. I just hope he <sighs> reads a little less Hitler. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> I hope he educates himself on Jewish history. Certainly, that's one of those things that I want for him. I hope he never catches another punt in the rest of his life. Oh, no, the Rams are gonna be banking on that. I hope every time he opens up a soda for the rest of his life, it fizzes a little bit over the top and goes to, like, the side of whether it be a bottle or a can. So, like, the side of the can is a little bit sticky, and it gets on his hands, but he's, like, he can't access a sink, so his hand is stuck being a little bit sticky for an extended period of time. That's what I hope for him. You know, he already has sticky hands. He showed that against the Giants. He literally fumbled the punt. There's a plenty of he other times. There's the other punt. times where he's gone deep for touchdowns on the Giants. In case you don't remember, anyway, his hands get stuck to his phone screen uh, when uh, he was posting Hitler quotes on his Instagram. Anyway, they his hands are anyway in 2019 they signed him to a three-year, 27.9 uh, million dollar contract. They and he is no longer on the team. They brought back Jason. They brought back ancient Jason Peters after drafting Andre Dillard in 2019 and started Jason Peters over Andre Dillard. Haha. <laughs> so Andre. Uh, you asked me today if I knew if Andre Dillard was good, and my answer was I have no idea because he got injured this past season when he was finally supposed to get his shot, and the season before that, they valued 38-year-old Jason Peters over him, which was just frustrating. Yeah, but like Jason Peters, you know, he would always be pretty good in Madden, though. I mean, I guess. Madden isn't real life, though, is it? For a guy like me, it is. All right. <laughs> and they signed uh, Alshon Jeffrey to... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Malik Jackson... Uh, in 2019 for a three-year, $30 million contract, also no longer on the team. Also, dead dead cap is going to both of these guys, in case you were curious. 
since they've been cut and they didn't make it all the way through their contract, they've got dead money going to them this year. So thank you, Howie. Um, so Deshaun Jackson's making money? Yes, he is making money from the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's making money from the Rams, Rams. too. Yep, he's yeah. making a lot of money. They signed Alshon Jeffrey to a four-year $52 million contract, which $27 million was guaranteed of. And since signing that contract, he has only played in 62.5% of games and only started in 52% of them and they threw him a ton of money. And in this past season, when he was injured and finally came back, and Deshaun Jackson finally got healthy, they were playing the old guys instead of playing the young guys, giving them a chance to develop, like John Hightower and Quez Watkins. Even though they're not particularly special, the Eagles season was already a dumpster fire. I would have rather seen the young guys getting playing time so they can develop, but no, they decided not to do that, which I don't know if that's particularly Howie's fault, but I know it's Howie's fault that because he put them in the position that those old, go- old guys were available. Yeah, I can think of a specific situation in which they played an older guy when they should have played a younger guy. You know, Week 17 versus the Dallas Cowboys. Nate Sudfeld came in. Talent evaluation. That's all I got to say. I wish you the same thing I wish Deshaun Jackson. Okay. Howie, uh, furthermore, um, how Howie handled Carson Wentz. That probably, just by itself, should have gotten him fired. On June 6th, 2019, the Philadelphia Eagles extended Carson Wentz through the 2024 season. And less than a year later, or 200 and, uh, excuse me, 323 days, they spent a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. And in, th- in that amount of days, Carson Wentz went from a franchise quarterback to a locker room nightmare. And I don't know why he did it. I still don't have a good explanation why today they committed to Carson Wentz and then decided, you know what, Jalen Hurts. I don't hate Jalen Hurts. I like the guy. I think he has potential. Now, the Eagles are planning on building around him, clearly, so they're going to give him his shot. But why didn't they give Carson Wentz that shot? Question. Yes. If they're building around their franchise quarterback, why did they trade down their pick this year instead of drafting him an elite pass catcher? I don't know. Because I don't know what Howie Roseman's fucking thinking. I, I genuinely can't tell you why Howie trade. Like, maybe it's to acquire more assets so that maybe they have three first-rounders next year. But I I know that I would have rather had Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Devonta yeah. Smith, or Jalen Waddle at nine. All right. I mean at six. Either of them. Any of them. Let's talk through this for a second. So they acquired a 2022 first. So maybe Howie is planning to be fired by the end of this year, and he knows that that pick in someone else's hands is more valuable than whatever the fuck he would have done with six. So maybe he's helping the Eagles here. That's what I'd like to happen. I think that. Think of it that way. I think Howie should probably be gone after this season. Now, after I finish up all of my other reasons why Howie should be fired, I have a really nice little area to talk about guys that I think should be probably replacing him, like potential candidates you can think about. Trade I, can th- I can think of a couple guys. Run a podcast. Yeah, if you hire Danny Rubin and Gavin Murray, I can promise you my talent assessment would probably be of higher quality than Howie Rose. Exactly, just like Ryan Wilson were draft experts. Fuck Ryan Wilson, bro. <laughs> Did you see the tweet I put out today? He, he had another one. Really? He yeah, had one today? I didn't see it one. today. Was it some stupid-ass shit where he was valuing way one quarterback way over the other, which was not what he had last week? Or did he say, oh, they You fucking nailed it. He had Mac Jones at three to the Niners. Let's go! Imagine being the Niners and having the 12th pick, and then trading up to three and saying, you know what, let's take Mac Jones here, who we totally couldn't have gotten at 12. Totally couldn't have gotten at 12. Huge tangent. Fuck Ryan Wilson. Back to the Eagle shit. (sighs) 
So Howie Roseman never really supported Carson Wentz with quality weapons. I'm not going to say that he didn't try and that he's just stupid, but he has to not be stupid to be good at his job so he can keep it. Like, him continuing to be stupid, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, like, I know Jalen Rager could be good. I'm just saying, it's possible. But, like, overall, the best, the two best weapons that Howie has drafted for Carson Wentz in the past five years is a running back that they did not really use, that, that they underutilized in Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard. Those are the two guys. Since taking back over power from the Chip Kelly 2015 season, his drafting, like, weapons for his quarterback has been horrendous. And to keep your job, you have to be good at it. So I think him continuing to not put quality weapons around him by being stupid should qualify him for losing his job. And I think that's pretty simple. The Eagles also now have the largest dead cap hit from one player in NFL history. Who would that player be, Gavin? $33.8 million, or 16.34% of their cap, going to Carson Wentz. The next highest person is the $22.2 million the Rams owe Jared Goff. Man, that 2016 draft looks ugly. Those top two picks look bad right now. <laughs> but it's 11 it's eleven million million more than the next closest player and dead cap hit in NFL history. He, how he just acquires this dead cap. Like, it's, it's 50, nothing. It's 50% more than the next player. That makes it sound big. It's not 50% more. It's just a... What, isn't it? Okay, so Goff is 22. 22.2 mil, and Carson Wentz is 33.8. 22 That's divided 50% by... 50% mil- more. Did you say 50? Yes. Danny, do you... 22 divided by 38 is not 0. 0.5. 30, I thought it was 33. It's 33. 22 and 33. Yes. This times 2... Is forty four point four. That would be a hundred percent more. My bad. I'm no, angry. You are not editing this out. No, no. Leave this I'll leave in. this in. I'll yeah, leave this yeah. in. I'm sorry. I'm angry and I can't do math today. This is the statistics guy in the podcast, by the way. Yeah, I'm the stats guy in the podcast, and I managed to fuck that up, which just proves to you how angry you I am. Fuck it up. I just said something smart, and then you try okay, to press me. Okay, I'm gonna be no, honest. I, say sorry. No, say sorry. No, I'm gonna apologize. be honest with you. Say sorry. I apologize. Apo- apologize. I'm, I'm apologizing. And for the Deshaun Jackson thing. I'm apologizing to you for messing up the cap number. I'm not apologizing for you, Deshaun Jackson. I slandered him. I thought you were talking about... I thought you were saying that like 22 divided by 33.8 was 50%. No, that's that, like 66%. Yeah, I know. I just Wow, I'm you. good at math. Back to the Eagles. Howie Roseman has also... Uh, just another reason why I think Howie should be fired is he has a history of in- neglecting important possession positions. Enter the linebacker position. The Eagles' linebackers last season was Nate Gary, a fifth-round pick who was originally safety, Duke Riley, who was undrafted, uh, uh, Duke Riley, who is no longer on the team and was— Duke Riley twice? Oh, I'm sorry. T.J. Edwards, who was undrafted, Duke Riley, who was a third-rounder, who they traded for from Atlanta, who is also now no longer on the team, Alex Singleton, who went undrafted in 2015 and spent time in the CFL before coming back to the NFL, and he is currently the best linebacker on the Philadelphia Eagles. And Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor, who were rookies last season. 
Uh, Sean Bradley, sixth rounder. Davion Taylor, third rounder. The last time the Eagles took a linebacker in the second round or earlier was in 2012. You remember a dude named Michael Kendricks? I sure don't, but I know he was on the Eagles, and he wasn't... He, he was okay for a while, but he's not there anymore, which leads me into my next Howie Roseman drafting ability... His retainment from his draft classes. I would just like to say we were 10 years old the last time the Eagles drafted a linebacker. Yeah, in the second round or earlier. Wow. It's been a long time. So I went through each draft class and I found how many Eagles got, how many players on the Eagles roster currently are still on the team from that draft class. 2010, one out of 13 are still on the roster, which would be Brandon Graham. 2011, draft class, one out of 11 are still on the roster. That would be Jason Kelsey. 2012 draft class, one out of nine still on the roster, Fletcher Cox. 2013 draft class, two out of eight are still on the roster, which are Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz. 2014 draft class, no one's still on the team. 2015 draft class, no one is still on the team, but that was also the Chip Kelly GM year. But that was the Nelson Aguilar draft class. That was an interesting experiment. Yeah, it was an interesting experiment. And no, nobody's still on the team. 2016, one out of eight are still on the team, which would be Isaac Samalu. 2017, two out of eight are still on the team, Derek Barnett and Nate Gary. 2018, everyone's still on the roster. 2019, there was only five picks that year, too. And three of the five of them are still on the roster. Andre Dillard, who gets no playing time. Miles Sanders. And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's ass. And um, 2020... Yo, he didn't <laughs> deserve that. Come on! <laughs> 2020 draft class, eight out of ten are still on the roster. No Casey Tuhill or Prince Teowanogo. Who are both of those guys right now are also on NFL rosters, just not the Eagles. Uh, Casey Tuhill's on football team, and Prince Tewanogo is on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, overall, this makes him 24 out of 48 in roster retainment at 28.57%. Now, I, I don't know, comparison to a lot of other teams, what this looks like, but 28.57% of guys that you drafted still being on your roster looks horrendously low to me. Like, just my gut's telling me that's really fucking low. Now, potentially next year, the Eagles have three first-round picks. And that'll happen if Carson Wentz plays 75% of snaps or 70% of the or 70% the Colts make the playoffs. And the ability to have to spend money in the cap, like they're gonna have cap room in 2022 and 2023. It's possible. And there's a new young coaching staff that's in there that can help develop young players. Now, the only thing I'm worried about for the future of the Philadelphia Eagles is that Howie Roseman can fuck this shit up. He has already done it. He has done it in the past. He did it before 2010 to 2014. And then Chip Kelly came in, and he got to clean up that mess. And after the 2017 season, he got to clean up that mess. Now, after trading away Carson Wentz and having... Jalen Hurts in here, I don't think you should get to fuck up two times, like three times, and get to clean up your third mess. Strike three. I think he should be gone, and I want a new guy in here that understands how to fucking draft talent so they don't blow this future. If the Eagles have this situation and blow it, I'm gonna be angry. Really angry. And I was angry today. Now... uh, We can tell, Gavin. Now, there's two guys that I like a little bit, like that I've done my research for, that I like potentially coming in and taking over as the GM job. One is Ed Dodds. He's a former road scout, so he's gone on the road to watch talent before so that he could draft him for the Colts. Well, he's currently right now the assistant GM to Chris Ballard. 
Um, and he's been Ballard's right-hand man since he took over in 2017. Now, the Colts have had one of the highest draft returns since 2017. So I would like to see someone that's good at their job come in and take over a situation where he can make things happen. Same with the other guy, Joe Horitz. He is the Ravens director of player personnel, former road scout, college scouting director, and he was at the heart of the Joe Flacco to um, Jackson transition. So they completely changed offenses from two different quarterbacks. Now, I've gone through a lot of reasons why they should fire Howie Roseman, and I've gone through a lot of situations where there's light at the end of the tunnel and there's shit that they can do to make this right. But if Howie Roseman stay, if if Jeffrey Lurie continues to attach himself to Howie Roseman like hits his son, the Eagles are going to die. It's not going to be a good franchise. It's going to be toxic for a really long time until Howie Roseman is out of the building. Howie Roseman outlasted... He outlasted Andy Reid. He outlasted Chip Kelly. He outlasted Doug Peterson. And I do not want to see him outlast Nick Sirianni. If he outlasts Nick Sirianni, I'm going to fucking lose it. Because that'll be his fourth head coach that he's outlived. Now maybe, maybe this is a bright idea, that maybe it's not the head coach's fault that they keep getting put with shitty players so that they lose. Like, maybe, just maybe, it's the GM. And when Jeffrey Lurie sees that and he moves on from Howie Roseman and takes an outside approach, it'll be a bright day for the Eagles. Now, that's all I got to say about Howie. This became Gavin emergency pod for fire Howie Roseman. Hire me if you want. I'm cool with that. I can assess talent. Probably better than Howie. Me and Danny got this. But thank you for listening to me rant about Howie Roseman. Fire him. All right, and we're back. We took a little break there because we had to go pick up our DoorDash. We got, I got chili cheese fries with jalapenos, and what did you get? I got a bacon cheeseburger. Respect. I would have gotten a bacon cheeseburger, but AJ's doesn't have gluten-free buns. I've called before and asked. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid of bread. Uh, technically, I'm allergic to it, but everyone boy. says that I'm afraid of it. But whenever I eat it, bad things happen. Regardless, I'm excited to eat my chili cheese fries. But now we're going to hop into our updated mock draft for picks 1 to 12 now that all of these trades have happened. So number one, actually, do you want to take the odd ones and I'll take the even ones like we did last time? Yeah, that's fine. We'll do that again. So number one, Trevor Lawrence. Whoa. Surprising. Number two, Zach Wilson. Whoa. Shocking. Did you see his throw at the pro day today? Oh my god, rolling left. Yeah, rolling left across his body, right to the dot on the other. Ha- oh god, it was so nice. Pretty, it was, very pretty. It was pretty. I saw someone called it the best throw so far in the off season. Now I don't know about that, but it looked pretty damn nice. I don't put that much weight into pro day throws just because you know I feel like it's a situation where it's set up for players to succeed. Like I can't remember anyone ever having a bad, bad pro day. day. Yeah, I can't that either. That doesn't exist. Number three, the big one right here, the big shakeup. Number three, obviously, this pick belongs to the Niners now. We talked about this for a while because we, we couldn't agree. Yeah. I was leaning towards Justin Fields. I was leaning towards Trey Lance, but at the end of the day, we went with... Justin Fields. And regardless, it's Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan's the head coach there. Whatever fucking quarterback they pick will end up being really good, and the NFC West will be amazing for years to come. That's true. He's got... I've, the high floor for them is probably more important because they are in more of a win-now mode than other teams. Even though you think they're going to sit him behind Jimmy G for a year and then let him play, or do you think he's going to come in right away and take Jimmy G's job? They did just say Jimmy G is our guy for this year. That was the quote they gave. I don't know if they're going to stick to that. I doubt Fields plays week one. There's Valid. no chance of that. But I could see 
him making his debut at some point during the season. I can see maybe a maybe they'll hire the Chargers training staff so they can puncture <laughs> Jimmy G's lungs so that Justin Fields can get in and take the job. I mean that's possible. Pick four, Atlanta Falcons. Now this pick, I we originally had them going quarterback. Um, but now I think they just take best player available. And yeah. for them, I think the best player available is probably one of the most dynamic players I have ever watched highlight tape of, and that's Kyle Pitts. Yeah, we since we took quarterback last time, Trey Lance is definitely a possibility here still at number four, especially because they have Matt Ryan, so Lance would have a lot of time to learn behind him. But I just feel like the way that they are trending, they're not in desperation mode yet. And I always like to think that you don't draft a quarterback until you have pieces around them. Valid. I'd really like to see him with Julio Jones and Calvin yeah. Ridley and Hayden Hurst. Like, I know Hayden Hurst isn't, like, the biggest yeah. name. But I, I, and Russell Gage. Russell Gage. <laughs> don't forget about Russell Gage. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, the main thing that leaned me towards Pitts over Lance or even Panay Sewell, was that Julio, obviously, he seems as though he's on the downswing, and there's a chance that he leaves with all the rumors going on. And Calvin Ridley, a lot of people don't realize this because it feels like he's only been in the league for so little, but he's 28 years old. He's 28? Yeah, and he has to get wow. paid soon, and he wants a lot of money. He's also really good. He is. Carry, good he football. carried my fantasy team this past year. Very good football player. Respect on Calvin Ridley's name. Helping my fantasy team out. Uh, Moving on, number five. five. Extremely easy pick, Panay Sewell at five. There's obviously a little bit of thought about getting Joe Burrow a receiver here, but the receiving core there isn't bad, and the offensive line is fucking terrible. True, and I think at the same time, if Kyle Pitts is available here, this could be the Kyle Pitts it spot. Could be a Pitts pick. But I, I think since we already have Pitts off the board, I think it's pretty safe to say they go with offensive tackle, protect the young quarterback. It was a theme in our first mock. I think they stick to it. They get him, they get him safe. They get him surrounded, and then they start building an offensive line to keep protecting him. Pick six, Miami Dolphins, and we're gonna have them take the same player that they took at three, Devonta Smith. You're right. It's really quick. He he gets open off the line really fast. And for a guy that doesn't hold the ball very long like Tua, that's going to be really important. Plus, he was the Heisman winner this past season. Now, we can debate whether or not that happens with Jalen Waddle around. But I still think he's Devontae Smith is just really, really good. Yes. So I think, I think they end up taking him here at six, where the Eagles would have been, but now they're not. <laughs> Number seven, the Detroit Lions. They lost their star receiver, Kenny Galladay, to the New York football giants. Unfortunate for them. Replace him. So we take Jamar Chase here. Jamar Chase, while we do have Smith going above him, Chase is much more of a prototypical number one receiver. Yeah, if you need a bona fide number one receiver, no questions asked, I feel like Chase, like, Chase is probably a little bit better than Devontae yeah. Smith. Chase is much better red zone. He's a lot better contested balls. And with Jared Goff there at quarterback now, he has absolutely no one to throw to. And we know Jared Goff is going to need a lot of help there. He's going to need guys to throw the ball to. I love I love Dan Campbell. He might be one of my favorite. He's a fun guy. He might be one of my favorite head coaches in the NFL. His introductory press conference was so funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. I would love to have Dan Campbell on the iForm Sports so- Show to talk about the Detroit Lions. You hear this, Dan? Dan, if you want to come on, we'll have you, and it'll be awesome. We'll we'll come up to you. We'll figure out a way to get to Detroit from West Lafayette, Indiana, just to come talk to you. I would I would love to have a sit down and 
pick your mind because you're one of my favorite coaches right now. So, but <laughs> big Dan Campbell got big Dan Campbell respecters in this house. Pick number eight. Um, Carolina. Can- Carolina. Here. Thank you, Carolina. And Carolina takes quarterback Trey Lance. Uh, I said it before. I feel like I know they're not. Com- I know it's not the same thing, but I see a lot of similarities between Cam Newton. Uh, in college at Auburn to what Trey Lance did at North Dakota State. The mobility, the deep arm throws, the, like the power, like first first read and run, I feel like they could do really, really cool things with him there. Sit him behind Teddy B for a year, get the learning process, cut Teddy B in a year, trade him, do whatever the fuck you need to do. Trey Lance takes over, get some more weapons in there, and that offense is, they, they're looking up. It's a team that's looking up right now, and I'm I'm excited to see what Carolina does in the future. Me too. Number nine, we thought about this one for a bit. This is the Denver Broncos. Yeah, we had a debate about yeah. this one. Between, in our previous yeah. mock, did we have them going with Sertain? Oh, we I think we had them going oh, with had, Farley. We had them. Go, yeah, that was right. We had them going corner. They they had so, corner, but after yeah. signing Kyle Fuller, yeah. Ronald Darby. They've got corners in there now. Bryce Callahan in the slot, yeah. They've got guys to play the corner, so I think they we, we're agreeing that they go a different direction here. Yeah. Now, we debated whether or not this should be Rashawn Slater or Micah Parsons for a while. Yeah. And we ended up going with... We ended up going with Rashawn Slater, and our main reasoning was this. They haven't made a quarterback move yet, so it seems as though they're giving Drew Locke a shot for year three. And as we always say, if you give a quarterback a shot, you need to put put pieces around them so they have the chance to succeed because again it's better to know your quarterback sucks than it is to not be sure like the Jets with Sam Darnold yeah so Rashawn Slater goes off the board here uh pick number 10 this one's been really easy for us for a while now Cowboys desperately need a corner we both don't want to see Sertan two times a year but we're gonna get him like he's gonna be their number one corner next to Diggs on the other side. It's going to be there once again. It's a defense that's starting to look a little bit better. Exactly. I like Patrick Sertan a lot. Current son of Patrick Sertan Sr., future son of Kenny Galladay. It's going to be extremely interesting to watch him in the NFC. Yikes. (laughs) You said that, didn't you? Yes, I did. Put that on the record. Another guy who could end up being Patrick Sertan's father. At number 11, the New York Giants, I have them taking Jalen Waddell. Now, I'm a little bit less positive about this pick than I would have been a little bit ago, obviously because of the Galladay signing. Now the Giants are in more of a best player available type spot, so I could definitely see that being Rashawn Slater if he falls. Micah Parsons is a possibility there as well. But I just think Jalen Waddle is so dynamic and paired up with the big body Kenny Galladay on the other side. Waddle's speed will go crazy, and that offense immediately has so many more weapons than it did last season. And Daniel Jones will be able to produce at an extremely high level. I have faith in him. It'll be a very similar situation to Drew Locke. I feel like you've put weapons around him. Now you'll know after the season whether or not exactly. Daniel Jones is legit or whether he's not. And we'll, we'll find out. For your sake, I'm hoping Daniel Jones turns out to be everything you hope to be. I'm Me never going to wish a player to be bad in the NFL. I'd like to, I I'd like wish Deshaun Jackson to be bad. I, I'm not going to wish anyone to be bad, even if they're a division rival quarterback. Now, I'd like to see him succeed. Whether he will or not, we'll have to see. Now, pick number 12, the Eagles' new pick. We talked about this for a while. So we're going to put... We're going to put, like, an asterisk on this pick because we both believe that this should be Micah Parsons. Solely based off of the Eagles, linebackers are atrocious, and they need to get a quality guy in there that's going to change their defense. A Mike linebacker like Micah Parsons would be really good for the team. Now, 
like I said, Howie Roseman has not taken a, uh, a linebacker before the second round since Michael Kendricks in 2012. I just don't believe they'll do it. I know I think they should, and I just don't have faith in them. So we gave them Caleb Farley here at 12. I, Caleb Farley or J.C. Horn, whichever one they decide to go with, we both agree that Farley is better than Horn. But I know that they sent guys to Horn's Pro Day, and they're talking to Horn, and they're starting to get really high on J.C. Horn. But it should be Parsons solely based off of the fact that they just need a linebacker. Like, they need a second corner, don't get me wrong. Darius Slay is good, but they don't. their number two corner right now is Avante Maddox. And that didn't end up very well last season. We went in for a Dory, a Dory Jackson. The Giants got him. We didn't get him. You got Gettleman. We got Gettleman. And one more thing I would like to mention about this trade. This trade puts the Giants in a really nice position where they can fully fuck over the Eagles. They can. Because with the Giants at 11 in this mock and Jalen Waddle available... The Giants could potentially pass on Jalen Waddle and let the Eagles get away with their stupidity and let them still get a pass catch. This will be the second. If it happens, it'll be the second year in a row that a division rival has fucked over the Philadelphia Eagles in the draft. Because we were CD Lamb, Lamb fell last year, and the Cowboys, who didn't necessarily need a receiver, said, "You know what? I'ma take him." And then he he never got around to Philadelphia. The Eagles would have taken him, but he didn't fall. So. They, they ended up taking them there. Now, this is, as much as I hate to say it, this is the Giants' payback for Week 17 of last season. This is their chance. This is their chance to get payback for what Nate Sudfeld did to their playoff hopes. Even though 7 and... What, what were they? 7 and 9 shouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. 6 and 10. 6 and 10 shouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. Here they are. This is their chance to fuck them over. Dave Gettleman's about to take you guys out to dinner, bring you back to his home, bend you over, lube you up, and fuck you, Jalen Waddle at 11. Yeah, which means Caleb Farley, we take the best player available that's left. If No, you don't. You're the Philadelphia Eagles. You take someone that's going to suck. I swear, right now, I'm going to say this right now, if the Eagles take Mac Jones at 12, I'm going to jump through two more tables. Two more, regardless of whether or not Oral Roberts wins another game. I will do it solely based off the fact that I will get to say, fire Howie Roseman and jump through a table. And I'll be happy about it. I'll be happy the fact that I'm going to make a public spectacle out of it. Question. Can we stack the two tables on top of one another and then you jump from even higher up? I don't know if I can so get much higher I was going to say, up. we can find a place on campus. I'm trying to quite literally raise the stakes here. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if there's going to be two tables stacked on top of each other or two tables like right next to each other and I jump right at the middle of them. Or you could just do two individual smashes. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll make it as painful as possible. We'll figure it out. But if they take Mac Jones and I I'll do it in you have a Giants jersey? Do you have a Daniel Jones jersey? I do. I have a Daniel I'll Jones do it jersey in a and a Saquon Barkley jersey. And I'll wear a... Wear Dan- the Saquon one. My Daniel Jones jersey's nice. It's the white color rush one. I don't want you to stain it. Okay, cool. I'll do it in your Saquon. And you know what? Even to up it more, I'll wear the Saquon Barkley jersey for a week. Wow. If the Eagles take Mac Jones, I'll be wearing a Saquon Barkley jersey for a week and jumping through tables. 
Financially, that hurts me. Venmo is GW Murray. Please support me. Hey, maybe, maybe they draft Micah Parsons. Maybe they draft Caleb Farley. Maybe they add another quarterback to the quarterback room and make it even more awkward. I don't know how he's thinking. I clearly can't predict it. That's our updated 1 through 12. That is... And I just have one more thing that I would like to speak about before we close out. Yeah, I like this. I like this. A player that has been getting a lot of attention lately, Laramie Tunsil. Mr. Smoke. Laramie Tunsil has one of, if not the most interesting stories that I think has ever happened for an NFL player. It's up there. He was a consensus, what, top five pick easily in his draft. Yeah, I thought it was higher. Oh, yeah, no. He was going to go very high up, extremely highly touted offensive line prospect. And then his own cousin leaked a video of him smoking weed. Out of that smoke mask. Yep, out of that famous smoke mask. And then he falls all the way down to early teens. 14? 14. 14. If I remember correctly, it's 14. To the Miami Dolphins. And now he has become a Miami Dolphins legend. Now, there was one point today where I was able to say that they turned Laramie Tunsil into four first-round picks. That number is down to three due to the trade-up with the Eagles now, but still, they have gotten number six overall pick for him, as well as two other firsts, and I believe a second and a third as well for Laramie Tunsil. That's awesome. And Laramie Tunsil is a phenomenal football player, but very few football players, if any, I don't think it... Deshaun Watson's going to be traded, and his return won't be that much. And he's Deshaun fucking Watson. It'll be a lot. I don't know if it'll be that much, but it'll still be a lot in return. It'll be cool. I would like to see, at the end of the day, is Deshaun Watson's return going to be greater than Laramie Tunsil's? Like, Deshaun Watson, who is, like, leagues better at his position than Laramie Tunsil is at his position, but Laramie Tunsil might end up being... I wouldn't say mm, that. Laramie Tunsil's very good offensive tackle. Yeah, but he's a not a top five offensive yeah. tackle. Yeah, but positional value is what really puts Deshaun over the top. That's valid. Unbelievable. They it flipped really a lot crazy. of it. It's yeah. crazy how many assets that they got to flip for Laramie Tunsil. Just yeah. a dude chilling with his cousin, smoke mask and everything, bong yeah, attached. fully sabotaged him. It was crazy. It was intentional, yeah. Yeah, and it ended up being one of the gre- yeah. one of the greatest and situations now, for the Dolphins exactly. ever. The Dolphins, I'm extremely high on them for their future because they were great this year, and they have so many pieces, and they have so many assets. It would just be so crazy that if Laramie Tunsil's cousin is the cause of a Miami Dolphins dynasty, that would be cool to think about. That would be funny. They should put him in the Ring of Honor. They got a Ring of Honor down there. The he, Laramie Tunsil's cousin should be in it. Dan Marino, Laramie Tunsil's cousin. I like the way we think. Exactly. Gavin Murray, Danny Rubin, this is uh, this has been iForm Sports. Fire Howie Roseman, sincerely a diehard Eagles fan. And as a more honest Eagles fan, I think we should give Howie Roseman a bit more of a chance as our general manager. Well, you're a Giants fan. So. I, as an honest Eagles fan, we should give up all of our assets to the you New get York your, Giants. You get your opinion when you go 7-9 and nine and Evan Ingram catches the ball. How about that? I get my opinion when my team actually is a number one wide receiver. You're right. All right. That's it. (laughs) That's all. Thank you very much for enjoying this emergency podcast. Have a wonderful day.